Welcome back to See, Hear, Feel. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Henry Yang. Dr. Henry Yang is an experienced pathologist and dermatopathologist with a robust social media following. Dr. Yang was initially trained in China, finishing his MD and PhD in immunology in the 1990s, did postdoctoral research in rheumatology at Mayo Clinic for five years, then pursued residency and fellowship training in pathology and dermatopathology. His anatomic and clinical pathology fellowship was at the University of Missouri, Columbia, and his dermatopathology fellowship was at Mayo Clinic in 2000. He is currently a dermatopathologist and general pathologist in the Department of Pathology at St. Vincent's Medical Center in Evansville, Indiana. He has been a valued educator for many years and was awarded the James Asterly Award for Resident Teaching at the University of Missouri-Columbia in 2003 and 2004. He is one of the founding members in 2015 of the North American Chinese Dermatologists Association, and he has been president of that society since 2020. Thank you to Henry for joining me. Thank you, Christine. I'm glad to be here with you. I really enjoy your podcast. Thanks. I don't know how many people are listening, but I'm glad you enjoy it. Henry and I talked a little bit just before this. Henry really loves the topic of emotional intelligence. What does emotional intelligence mean to you, Henry, and how do you use it? Christian, that topic really have a lot of interest. Since I was very young, I was told that, that people have high IQ, but not guaranteed success in your life. And people always say, you need to have a good EQ. We call that emotional quotient or emotional intelligence. I do see a, a lot of examples or stories, people really smart, they did poorly in their life. A lot of people in other way, they are achieved academically in class when they are in school, but they do have a successful life. It means either in their personal life, children, education, or their career, they do have a successful, smooth life. So I consider that maybe those people have a really a very good emotional intelligence help them achieve that level of success in their life. I didn't know about emotional intelligence until I was an adult, actually, very much later compared to you. But definitely, I think it was Daniel Goleman in Boston who promoted that kind of idea beyond intelligence quotient, IQ, your EQ kind of is what really can get you far in terms of outward measures of success or whatever. You learned that much earlier than me. That's good. Yes, it's much more important. I think even that 20% of your success depends on your IQ and 80% depends on your EQ. I think it's maybe oversimplified. A lot of factors contribute, but clearly the EQ is very critical in your life, your career, everything, actually. Yes, I agree. I think one of the reasons that emotional intelligence fascinates me is because unlike dermatopathology skills, which I think make me a better doctor in terms of, say, <laughs> recognizing a given diagnosis more easily and more readily and more accurately, that kind of dermatopathology intelligence helps me at work. But that kind of derm path knowledge does not necessarily help me at all with my home life. But emotional intelligence, learning about it and using the principles of it helps me at work, but also at home. Exactly true. For us, I know for being a pathologist or you're a dermatologist, we use our IQ a lot. We can get a correct diagnosis, but in practice, some people can make a correct diagnosis, but may end up in the wrong way to communicate to the physicians. They didn't get your idea what's going on. You have to handle that, the interpersonal relationships and with your 
colleagues, with your patients? Absolutely. I think in talking with different people, including people in the psychology space who do emotions research and emotional intelligence research, as well as our colleagues in uh, dermatology, dermatopathology, often the recurring themes are, oh, emotional intelligence is about emotions and being aware of them and also having empathy for others. And it's about relationships. There's a lot of things you have to communicate clearly and in a passionate way. So that's an art. So medicine itself is not just a science and also an art. We maybe meet have different work environment, but emotional intelligence play strong roles. Emotional intelligence, a lot of things you can learn, you can develop. I think we all can improve ourselves. Whatever practice setting you're in, Mm -hmm. private practice, academic practice, there are relationships all over the place, definitely even as pathologists. And we need to be able to have the emotional awareness to be able to navigate them. How do you use emotional intelligence? First, you have to be self-aware. The first basic fundamental issue is you have to have self-awareness. How much you can handle, learn to see no, control your emotions. Gradually, if you know how to control your emotions, you have high emotional intelligence, self-awareness, and also self-control. And also put yourself in other person's shoes. Think about that. Same questions. How did you handle that? You've been in school in China and did your school education there, your MD and PhD, and then you (laughs) did research here in the (laughs) U.S. and you did residency and derm path training. And so you've been in academic centers for those trainings, as well as you've been working in private practice. Do you think that all of those experiences have helped you navigate the different local cultures that you've been in because an academic culture is different than a private practice culture. Does it help give you the ability to set limits and say no? Yes, definitely. I was raised in the countryside. My father is a physician. Actually, in the Cultural Revolution during that period, my father was a doctor in the hospital, but they all go to the countryside to serve the peasants. I got a lot of influence from my parents. My mom is a stay-at-home mom, but they put a lot of effort in education. You still have a lot of people study hard to get past that entrance examination to get to universities. And that's hard. That's very hard when I was young, especially limited resources when I'm raising in China. And also my education, I have a lot of mentor along the way. Since you grew up in China in terms of your childhood and then you have a son, his growing up here in the U.S. must have been very different from the way that you grew up. Oh, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Whenever I bring him back to China, there will be a culture shock. You can survive in this culture. You can survive in other culture. People adapt. People all can adapt. My son is different, completely different from what I understand. The Asian cultures. And we got all these Western cultures. Everything's equal. So independent. That's good. Did emotional intelligence help you to navigate the differences? You have to learn new things. Emotional Emotional intelligence means adjust yourself to any new environment, be aware, and then control your emotions. Sometimes you're not happy what he's doing, but you have to control your emotions. How did you learn to be emotionally intelligent? Bit by bit, you will learn, learn from each other, from others. I think I learned the most from my mistakes. Oh, in... Everybody learn from their mistakes. All my cases, if you die, it's right. You never remember, but if something's wrong. You always remember. So mm-hmm. that's another way to learn. Definitely. 
we were talking about earlier, Henry's Chinese and I'm Korean, but I think both cultures do have similarly, at least when I was growing up, that you don't express emotions in Korean culture. You don't talk about them. And so for me, becoming emotionally aware was actually much more difficult maybe than it should have or could have been because I had never really thought about labeling how I'm feeling on any given day or any given point. It's fascinating to me that you knew about this from when you were a child. Yes, I think maybe subconsciously we have our feelings just do not express to the surface. In the Asian culture, you have to be obedient in whatever your teacher teach you. You do not see different opinions. You do not raise your own opinions. So that's the culture, what you learn when you are young, but still contribute to what you're thinking. What you just said has turned on a light bulb in my head because mm-hmm. I've never really thought of it that way. But you're right. I think that the Asian culture or the culture I grew up in, even though emotions were suppressed, I knew, I was aware that's what was going on in the situations that I knew I was supposed to, I would suppress my emotions. I did have the awareness to do that. I guess I did have a certain emotional intelligence training in terms of, oh, I know that this situation needs this. And to react or to confront someone will not be helpful at all. So I wouldn't. I may act one way and in a different situation, I might do another thing. Definitely. I've enjoyed so much talking to you. Do you have any final thoughts? Establish a good relationship with your colleagues, your clinic colleagues, your pathology colleagues. It's so critical for your success. Let people trust you, be friendly. I think you need emotional intelligence to establish a strong bond know your limits. Don't be a macho man. Don't overcall things. Really good advice. I agree with you. You're right to establish relationships and connections, which is what emotional intelligence is all about, according to David Crusoe, to have relationships and connections where you feel safe and you can ask questions and you can learn and you can learn together and really come to better diagnoses and help patients more. I think that's so important. Thank you for that advice. And thank you for spending the time with me today. Christian, so happy to be with you today.